Good morning and welcome to Friday morning, March the 10th in 2023 on When I Rise. Today we come to the end of year A, third Sunday in Lent, and on the Friday of the week, we'd like to take a look at the gospel passage, which comes to us from this week from the Revised Common Lectionary, and this week of the church's calendar year. And so we find ourselves back in the Gospel of John, John chapter 4, verses 5 through 42. So let me read that passage, provide a couple points for reflection, and then we'll spend our time praying along the theme that we find there. Thanks for making us part of your morning on When I Rise. Let's allow our souls to rise, meet God together in a time of prayer. John chapter 4, verses 5 through 42. He came to a Samaritan city called Sychar, which was near the land Jacob was given to, had, had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. Jesus was tired from his journey, so he sat down at the well. It was about noon. A Samaritan woman came to the well to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me something, some water to drink. His disciples had gone to, into the city to buy him some food. The Samaritan woman asked, Why do you, a Jewish man, ask for something to drink from me, a Samaritan woman? Jesus responded, If you recognize God's gift, and who is saying to you, Give me some water to drink, you would be asking him, and he would give you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you don't have a bucket, and the well is deep. Where would you get this living water? You aren't greater than our father Jacob, are you? He gave us this well. He gave this well to us, and he drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock. Jesus answered, "Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks from the water that I give will never be thirsty again. The water that I give will become in those who drink it a spring of water that bubbles up into eternal life." The woman said to him, "Sir, give me this water, so that I will never be thirsty, and will never need to come here." to draw water. Jesus said to her, Go get your husband and come back here. The woman replied, I don't have a husband. You are right to say I don't have a husband, Jesus answered. You have five husbands. The man you are with now isn't your husband. You've spoken the truth. The woman said, Sir, I see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you and your people say that it is necessary to worship in Jerusalem. Jesus said to her, Believe me, woman, the time is coming when you and your people will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You and your people will worship what you don't know. We worship what we know because salvation is from the Jews. But the time is coming and is here when true worshipers will worship in spirit and in truth. The Father looks for those who worship Him in this way. God is spirit, and it is necessary to worship God in spirit and truth. The woman said, I know that the Messiah is coming, the one who is called the Christ. When he comes, he will teach us everything. Jesus said to her, I am the one who speaks with you. Just then Jesus' disciples arrived and were shocked that he was talking with a woman. But no one asked, what do you want or why are you talking to her? The woman put down her water jar and went into the city. She said to the people, come see a man who told me everything I've done. Could this man be the Christ? They left the city and were on their way to see Jesus. In the meantime, the disciples spoke to Jesus, saying, Rabbi, eat. Jesus said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. The disciples asked each other, Has someone brought him food? 
Jesus said to them, I am fed by doing the will of the one who sent me and by completing his work. Don't you have a saying, four months more and then it's the harvest? Look, I tell you, open your eyes and notice that the fields are always ripe for the harvest. Those who harvest are receiving their pay and gathering fruit for eternal life so that those who sow and those who harvest can celebrate together. This is a true saying, the one who sows another harvest. I have sent you to the harvest. What you don't didn't work for, others worked hard, and you will share in their hard work. Many Samaritans in that city believed in Jesus because of the woman's word when she testified. He told me everything I've done. So when the Samaritans came to Jesus, they asked him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days. Many more believed because of his word. And they said to the woman, We no longer believe because of what you said, for we have heard for ourselves and know that this one truly is the Savior of the world. This is the word of God for us. All right, so normally the scripture passage only takes a couple of minutes, but that took four minutes, 21 seconds. So let me try to cut the explanation and the little lessonette uh, short today. This is obviously a well-known story, and this is worth uh, keeping in context. Remember um, John chapter 1, the the prologue of John's gospel, he talks about how the word became flesh and dwelt among us, like moved into the neighborhood. And so what I love about the way John uh, organizes his gospel is that he has all of these stories now, like Jesus in the temple, Jesus with Nicodemus, and now Jesus with the woman at the well. And I like how this dovetails with um, this theme that we have for this week in the Revised Common Lectionary, starting with the water from the rock in Exodus and the two Psalms that covered that. Um, and then you've got now Jesus speaking salvation and uh, you know saving words to a woman around water. And I think what I love about this story the most is how it talks about how, what Christian identity is going to look like as this movement continues to spread. I think one of the gifts of Christianity is just how diverse we are, that we don't have like a monoculture, um, that people don't have to become this nationality in order to become Christian. Uh, but Christ is truly moving into every zip code. He's moving into every people. Um, his last and greatest commission that we find in Matthew 28 is to go all the, to all the nations and make disciples. This is a recapitulation of what God promised and charged Abraham to do all the way back in Genesis chapter 12 and following. And so what we have is like this question of what does it look like when Jesus moves into the neighborhood and like how diverse are we going to be? And then a story like this flies into our view and we say that this story is going to be bigger than we could ever have imagined. I think that's why uh, when John tells a story, he's not just talking about like it being in the very middle of the day around noon, uh, just to kind of give us the setting. Um, And not even just to kind of give that maybe cultural note about why this woman is all by herself um, at the well instead of traveling with maybe the pack of the other housewives um, when they would, you know, kind of chatter together on the way to the well and back. Um, But this seems to be the thing where John's saying, I want the brightest light, like the noonday sun, uh, to shine upon this because there's so much to see here. And that's why I think we can cut the explanation short here by saying this, like, what we see here is a great inclusion uh, within God's story. I mean, she's a Samaritan. Uh, Samaritans were those lived-in enemies of the Jews. We see the banter back and forth when they talk about this well that Jacob used and this mountain where he worshiped God. 
And she says, but you Jews, like say that we're going to go to Jerusalem. And then Jesus cuts through them. He's like, it's, it's no longer this mountain. It's going to be no longer that temple. Uh, but we're going to worship God in spirit and in truth. And when uh, something is in the category of spirit, uh, there is no border or boundary which contains that one or that thing. Um, everything has a spirit and um, has like a substance, right? Um, everything and everyone. And so um, what Jesus is saying here is that this movement is truly going to be, be expressed in so many different ways. And I just love this little uh, this little thing at the end where all the people from her village go out and meet Jesus and Jesus stays with them and a spiritual renewal happens within their town. And they say, not as a put down to this woman, not only do we believe because of your words, but we have seen for ourselves. And there's like this great inclusion. And even these folks, even the ones that we have never would have thought of in the algebra of how Jesus's uh, movement and kingdom would happen. Uh, these people are included. And so I just think, uh, once again, if we enter Christianity, it is one of the greatest, perhaps lifelong, um, uh, what do you call it, uh, bias uh, recovery classes that we could ever um, have ever, ever been included in. I mean, we just get confronted with our embedded ideologies that prevent us from truly embracing other people. Um, we just come out of the kit only wanting to be with people like us, right? But the more that we lean into the gospel, uh, the more that we understand that it's good news for everyone, that it's good for everyone, not just for us, and it's news for everyone, not just for us, then we truly do transform and change. We do become that global people where we say brother and sister, not just to people who could understand us in English, but we are now brother and sister to those all the way across the globe. Once again, not just globally like for today, but also globally from our past and globally in our future. We're going to be the one body of Christ, which changes who we are today. Each person that we talk to now, we, we just, we're just confronted with this reality. A part of God lives within them. Therefore, they should be treated with the dignity and the patience that we would ask that they would treat us um, because we have the life of God within us. So those things in mind, let's spend some time praying to our God this morning. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we thank you that we belong to the worldwide family of God. And uh, we confess to you that at times that's easy for us because we embrace people and we find new friends and we marvel at the people that we're drawn to who, and those who are drawn to us, these uncanny friendships that we find along the way. But we also confess to you that at times that we resist the other uh, people who maybe have a different political ideology or different taste in music or uh, people who with th these habits or those habits um, that uh, can sometimes get on our nerves. And so God, we just understand that we're on a journey still and that we need your help and we need the courage to embrace the other. And so today we want to start fresh new. There's a clean slate. So as we encounter people, um, either through text or on phone calls or uh, strangers at gas stations or coworkers or people that we attend school with, um, I pray that you'd remind us that a piece of who you are lives within them and a piece of your heart lives within us and we are connected. And because of that, we should honor one another and serve one another and ultimately love one another. So this day, we know that we need your help for that cause. And so we pray that you pour out your love into our hearts so that we can embrace all others. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.